The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And uh, welcome to the podcast. We are podcasting. This is our first podcast of today. We've done this for several years, so you think we would be better at it. But uh, no. anyway, thanks See, see, see. I had a whole flow going. I was just about to espouse some greatness upon the listening public. There are new products on the market for if you have heavy flow, by the way. So that's true. Today's sponge. I almost said leering public, um, which is I don't know. Thank you. Uh, So anyway, um, I haven't been leered at. What do you wrestle brand all of a sudden? (laughs) I almost had Russell Brand on. I was like, eh. I turned it on uh, the uh, BBC News yesterday, and for the first 15 minutes of the 30-minute program I was watching, they were talking about Russell Brand. Wow. So, that's... Yeah, that's not a joke. Like, that actually ha- Like, they must really like Russell Brand well, in they the do. UK. But, I mean, that's a lot of time to devote to that story. I mean, and, uh, I mean, the allegations, because this is, after all, the Seahawks show. So, the allegations made against Mr. Brand are obviously pretty heinous, right? Uh, you know, the, the worst of the allegations, sexual assault and rape, not really cool. But, you know, the stuff that all oh, these misogynist is like, have you not followed his career? I mean, he's changed a lot since he's no longer allegedly, uh, well, shouldn't say allegedly, because he admits that he was like an incredible, uh, what, what did they call it back then? A dope fiend, I believe. So... Yeah, he was a heavy abuser of substances, I guess I should say allegedly. And he was pretty much an ass. And he, yeah. he changed quite a bit since then. <clears throat> so seems to have the, mis- but it, it, the it misogyny just, is kind of well, yeah, that could just be, oh, I need to clean up my well, No, I mean maybe he has, but I guess right, right. you know, knowing he did that probably you know, it seems like there is a greater likelihood that he did what he because it's not like anything yeah. recent that he's being accused of. No, no, this is this is what almost a decade ago, right? But uh more than that actually. Yeah. But I mean the stuff about some of that's two thousand three. About misogyny is like yeah. you, you're talking about, right? It's like why are you talking about that? The other stuff, those are serious charges. Saying, oh, he used to be misogynist is like, mm, <laughs> have you ever seen any of his appearances from back then? That's right. not a shock. Why are you talking about that? I mean, to me, that kind of like, oh, let's just, there's no need to pile on when you're charging someone with sexual assault and rape. Right, like, right. Because right. that just clouds the issue. 
It does, because then it's, then it's like, oh, we're talking about his character and his personality. It's like, you're doing enough talking about his character and personality when you're making those charges against him. And by the way, speaking of people <laughs> charged and convicted of sexual assault, in a way, it was so nice to see Deshaun Watson lose last night. It made my heart yeah. so warm. He's not playing. He's not playing well. Um, he's not he's on my good. list. Deshaun Watson is not on my list of things to talk about. Um, I will get into some other stuff, but obviously this is a Seahawks show, so let's start talking Seahawks. I feel like there should be some music playing when I say that. Oh, da, 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 da. we're five minutes in. Do we have to talk Seahawks? Se- we Se- are. Are five let's minutes talk Seahawks. Spent five minutes on Russell Brand. Hope not. I don't know what. I don't know what. Three minutes. Listen, if BBC can talk fifteen, we can talk. Yeah, but anyway. he's you know. What else are they gonna talk about? Um. Yeah. Anyway, so the Seahawks. They should uh, talk about the Seahawks. They should. Uh, they defeated the uh, Detroit Detroit Lions uh, in overtime, 37-31 in week two. And it was, uh, it, it was a thrilling game. It was one of those games where it was like, I, I, I think we all assumed, many of us assumed, many of us being Seahawks fans, assumed that the Seahawks were not going to win, right? In week two, it was just like everything lined up against them. They had two backup Offensive tackles playing, right. and they were playing in Detroit. The Lions fans, not that they were playing, obviously, would be so fired up, and the team would be fired up. And Detroit didn't come out and lay an egg. I think they were a little no, bit they super to begin with, but that it was just, it, I think I probably wrote something like this in one of the thousands of articles we published last week, which was, this would be a very Seahawksy thing to do to win this game when nobody expects them, because that's what happens under Pete Carroll, right? It does. It does. They they, every year they lose a game they shouldn't lose. Hopefully that's out of the way already because they should not have lost that game. Oh, the Rams didn't look too boom. bad against the 49ers, so that actually should help the Seahawks fans feel better. Yeah, true. But, I mean, there's no excuse for that second half. None. I mean, they could have been playing a high school team and they would have lost. Well, they were tired, the way they Todd. The it was a long game. They were tired. So, I, don't, I don't blame so, them. Hey, that's true. The Rams weren't even playing in the second half because they didn't have to. They had their uh, blankets and <laughs> just snuggled up. And of course, this time they had their ski masks, which really helps. <laughs> After the some, game, yeah. Yeah, some some goofball, I would say, idiot. Eh, not an idiot for this, but he's saying it's like, oh, why is the guy wearing a ski mask? He's not even on. He's not even starting. They're like. Did you not see the plays Jared Reed has made? <laughs> and and where is he going to start? Who cares? It's like like that matters. It's like I don't care if he's specific complaint. It's like oh they they got a ski mask. The water boy. It wasn't a key player that got the ski mask. It was like that's so weird. People are so weird. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Jarek Reed made two really good plays on special. He's made last two weeks, first two games of his career. He's made really good plays on special teams, including that Michael Dixon. Because if he doesn't crunch that guy at the five yard line, he's got a lot of room to run. Yes, exactly. Dude is uh, in the preseason. We saw a few plea, a few players play. I thought you were gonna say plebeians. Plebeians. We saw. We saw well, they were playing like that in week one. We saw some guys play really well in preseason, and then when the season started, mm, uh, not so with Jarek Reed. I mean, this dude was a missile in the preseason, and he's a missile now. I mean, so I got on the roster. Wow. Absolutely, but and I mean, he's proven why it, he should have been. Exactly. He's proven it. I mean, it's one thing in camp. It's one thing in preseason and all the rest of it. And they had every reason to think he would play like that because that's how he played in college. But when it's the real game, things change. Uh, But not for this dude. 
I mean, holy cow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, he hits I mean like, if you're, if you're of Eastern religion, I guess, holy cow, it's very specific. <laughs> he hits like Cam Chancellor and he weighs like, what, 35, 40 less? Yeah. Damn, holy yeah. crap, this guy hits. Yeah, Love I mean, it's, he's 100%, 110% on the field. And, you know, he doesn't get very much play in the secondary, but he doesn't need to currently, you right. know, and he, he's playing well enough on special teams. I've seen a lot of comments going back to the secondary a lot of comments on, you know, Rick Wallen unfortunately got hurt, um, hurt right. his shoulder and chest, and looks like maybe he'll be okay. But they don't really start practicing again until tomorrow. Today's an off day, but uh, so we'll learn more about the injury and see if he practices this week or see if he's ready to go. Because if he doesn't practice all week, and he's probably not going to play, and maybe if he doesn't play against the Panthers, maybe it's not a huge deal because they're, you know, they have a rookie quarterback who probably one day will be great, but he's not yet great. Right. Um, but it was, I saw a lot of, or I've heard a lot of talk about, oh, you know, after Woolen, uh, Trey Brown, obviously we'll talk about him. And then yeah. Witherspoon, we'll talk about him, played well. And then Kobe Bryant, you know, and they were like, oh, Michael Jackson was on the field. You know, no, he was not on the field. He had zero snaps. I'm not when sure. Did they, why. When did they see him on the field? That's what I'm, I, I've heard this on I know, sports right. talking about like, hey, well, no, Michael Jackson was not on the field at all, which. <laughs> What I mean, are they talking about? What are they I don't seeing? know. It's like how shocking is that he went from 2022 starter to presumed starter entering preseason, then played laid an egg for two games in the preseason, played yeah. didn't start week one, obviously played some, and then once Woolen gets hurt, not like Jackson doesn't even play at all. It's like oh, something's going on there. But you know, on the field, Trey Brown, except yes. he gave up the touchdown, and Witherspoon gave up the touchdown. But otherwise, those two guys. I, you want Woolen in the game. I'm not saying not, but with if those two guys Absolutely. are your outside corners, because yeah. Witherspoon really was an outside corner for most of the game, right? He played some in the slot, yes. but really. But if those two guys, you know, if if you have two corners and two safeties on the field, and those are your guys, it, if they play like they did in week two, I mean, that's yeah. a pretty good cornerback tandem. Yeah, we're fine, and and exactly like you said against the Panthers, and again, not at any team in the NFL as we saw in week one, can be trouble, right? So it's not like, oh, this is a cakewalk. No, it isn't. Well, we saw it Bryce is. Young play in college. We know he's potentially very right. good. It's not like he's exactly. Stetson Bennett. <laughs> exactly. But No offense to Stetson Bennett. I don't know what's going on with him. He's obviously got some issues going on. Um, right. So wish him the best, but, whatever you know, it is. But, yeah, it's not, it's not like we're going up against up one of the powerhouse teams in the NFL this week, right? So... Again, if Woolen has to miss a week, this is a good week to miss. But totally agree with you. It's like I'm pretty happy with with Trey Brown in the lineup after week one. Not so happy. It's like, what the heck happened? But he was hardly the only person who just like mm, I'm. I was going to say I'm going to check out. None of them checked out. But for whatever reason. They were not playing the way they could play in the second half. Very few of the Seahawks played up to their usual standards in the second half of that Michael game. Dixon. That was bizarre. Yeah, Michael was Dixon. It. Michael Dixon. And Gino, considering what was going on around him, Gino still played in well. the second half. Well, uh, not of week one, though. Well, Nobody no, played. not I mean, because he had 12 total yeah, yards. Yeah. Nine of them were on the last it. play. Yeah. Dixon was pretty much it. You're right. But. It was nice to see them get back to playing the way we know they can play, and especially Trey Brown. Especially Trey Brown. 
Yeah. He he was good two years ago, then he got hurt. And yeah. uh I you know I he last year he played some obviously, but he was still kind of recovering from his injury and it was like, oh yeah. he wasn't potentially as good as what we thought in his first season. And you know, as much as we D Eskridge isn't playing, obviously, and, right. and we always oh twenty twenty one draft draft year was that yeah, was kind of a waste. Well, at least if nothing else happens the rest of their careers in one week, the 2021 draft picks were worth it because you had Stone Forsyth playing, starting, and you yeah. had Trey Brown. And both were really good. Yeah, Forsyth played lights out. Yeah, he and Curran. It was like, you know, the only Curran sack played... they had was on that horrible Geno. I'm not sure what Geno was yeah, doing. That's, but... Yeah, then as I've written about that twice already, I think all of us have written about that because... I wrote about that... it in preseason, knowing it was going to happen. <laughs> Well, you know, that's the thing. Actually, you know it's going to happen. In one game, Gino's going to just like, I'm going to make something happen. And I'm going to wrestle Wilson. It it. Takes... And it's what he's doing, right? Right. Yeah, and sometimes why. it works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Last year, he did the same thing and wound up with a strip sack. We're, and we're lucky that didn't happen, right? Right. It's like, and it's not that he's, the thing is, like I wrote, he's not panicking when he does this. No. He's trying to make something happen. He's buying time. To make something happen. Unfortunately, nothing was going to happen in that game, and he lost 17 mm. yards. And we're lucky, extremely lucky, how the game turned out. Yeah, because, or, I, mean, or, I mean, because if he had thrown the pass, it would yards. have been intentional grounding, right? Because if he throws an incompletion, that's intentional grounding. Um, yeah. You want to talk well, about that right now, or shall we get to yeah, that? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in just one second. I, I wanted to point out, like, when you're watching the play happen, develop, that when he lost the 17 yards, yeah. when yeah. he's moving around, you're thinking, it doesn't look good, but maybe something happened. But he really should have thrown it away when he knew he couldn't throw it after he had turned, started right. running back the other way. That was the biggest issue. It wasn't while he was trying to get away, because we could have seen something fantastic happen. But then when he kept the ball, it was like, just, dude, right. just throw the ball away. I don't know what he was what yeah, he I was know. thinking at that point because he he set he set the lions up for yeah, exactly easy i mean dixon exactly. killed the ball but he actually out out kicked his coverage really but they got set up for an easy field yeah, goal they got the ball at the 50 if he yeah. had just uh, he made a he made to me he made three poor decisions that was obviously the worst which you know an entire game he made three bad choices and the rest of it i mean what were, I, I what were the other two uh, both of them scrambles, right? Both of them scrambles. It's like when he uh, <clears throat> he chose not to throw to Lockett in the end zone because Lockett was covered. Although, just throw it to Lockett. He'll catch it. I mean, come on, Gino. You know that. <laughs> but instead, he, he instead he scrambled and picked up like, what, three yards and it was third and six? What are you doing? It was like, throw the ball. Throw the ball, yeah, and, and there was one time, I, I agree with what you're saying, there was one time where he, the Seahawks, I think they were down in the 25 or 30 of Detroit, and there was a time he should have run and didn't. Exactly, and that's the other time. He okay. should have run. He had, There was no one within five, six yards of him. It was first down, and he didn't run. It was like, right. come on, Gino. It's like, what are you doing? But again, I, I am not on the, oh, we hate Gino bandwagon. Dude is an excellent quarterback. Those were the reason I'm focusing on those because those are the only, and we kind of tend to focus on the negative. I mean, as a species, but yeah. those were the only three mistakes he made. That last one was huge and could have cost the Seahawks the game, the 17 yard loss on the scramble. But 
how many times did he bounce back and make incredibly bright decisions, such as his play immediately after? I, I don't know. Is that the worst call in the? Okay, it's not the worst call in the history of the NFL because there are so many to choose from. But a, a, as you wrote, how do you not follow the rule book? Yeah, I've put the, I've copied and pasted the rule book yes. twice into an article, and it clearly <laughs> says when when you're basically when a quarterback yeah. thinks he's going to lose you. He just the ball was snapped and he threw it. There was no there was nobody around him. He wasn't he uh, it was not under duress. There was no imminent threat. Nothing. No one was there. Imminent except threat Gino, is a fine Pete Townsend song, by the way. But <laughs> it's um yeah, well, and, and the good. other thing is and then, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I think you're about to say what I'm oh, the, the say. arrogance of the exactly prick, yes of the prick referee to make the what really kills me is so many there's so many stories about it, and they're going, ha-ha, this is hilarious. It's like, yeah, it was hilarious that this guy was such an arrogant prick that he wouldn't listen to a legitimate complaint about his absolute stupidity. It's not ignorance because, I'm sorry, they're professionals, right? The NFL pays these guys. Well, it's, they're it's literally not it's ignorance like because he, he knows what the rule is. It's, ignorance exactly. is a lack of knowledge of something. Well, he I don't knows know. it. Maybe, Maybe he, Maybe doesn't he doesn't know what the role is. I mean, yeah. after all, he's a part-timer. He's like some guy that they hire at 7-Eleven to work the That'd night shift. That's how the NFL treats this crap. Almost $12 billion in revenue, and they still insist on hiring part-timers for the people who decide the outcome of the game. Are you freaking kidding me? There's just not enough money for the referees. I mean, they're scraping by as it is. Those stadiums Absolutely. cost a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> which which the cities all pay for. Exactly. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely freaking unbelievable that that piece of crap, what's his name? Kemp. That he had the temerity, or Kemp Jack or Kent, Kemp, I don't know. Yeah, Jack Kemp. Jack Clark Kemp, Kemp. would have, Jack Kemp would have lit that guy <laughs> out for that call. I mean, seriously, are you seriously going to make that stupid ass call? The worst call of the season by far so far. I hope to God is the worst of the entire season moving sure. on and not for the whole league not just the seahawks and then make some smart ass comment yeah um, well Dude, you're not only that ass. and everyone talk, who thinks it's funny really really yeah. that's funny this i said i'm crazy? talking to america and it's a one o'clock game not even the featured game of the week it's like really you're talking you're talking to detroit and seattle oh, oh you're, you're talking so to. you're so full of yourself and you know made me think of the al pacino oh, you're a big man they're like oh yeah, yeah. You're so important. Dude, do your job. You couldn't even do your damn job, and you're going to stand there and act like you're something special. Exactly. What a what? piece of crap. It's like, what are you? I, I've never seen Pete Carroll so, exactly. so pissed off. Like, like, and rightly so. Oh, 100%. Rightly so. Rightly so. Pete Carroll is about as chill as, obviously, he can get wound up, but I have never seen him so on. And he should have been. I'm shocked that he had the wherewithal to stay off the field because we know a lot of coaches that would have been out there right right on the field and gotten a you know and just been thrown out of the game i mean but holy crap dude you cannot make such a stupid ass call and then double down and act like oh i'm right if probably not have been the head coach of the seahawks well well, that (laughs) would have been dead like three or four times um and don't murder but in this case maybe it's justified I mean, come on, dude. If this if this piece of crap is calling a game this weekend, this league has serious issues. Serious. Oh, well, he probably is. He's a head referee. But the the issue is that we don't, of course we don't know. They have to review all the film. I, I hope, 
I mean, they should be fine. The referee should Absolutely. be fine. Absolutely. He should be docked his entire check for that game. That's ridiculous. I'm sure oh, that wasn't the only call. Was there was Colton oh, no. Parkinson pass interference? It's like he was yeah. within five yards. He didn't even really push off on the guy. He just extended his arm. And then you had the the, the interference, pass interference. And, and the Lions had some bad calls to you. But yeah. it was a pass interference on Witherspoon, which he, the, the referee couldn't even see where his hand was and threw the flag. Just assumed it was. And that wasn't pass interference. And it was just like. Yeah, you're. I mean, it goes back. I mean, these, there's always bad calls. We know there's always bad yeah, calls. These guys and girls work work hard and, and at their at their usual jobs, and then they cruise in on a Friday. Well, and they have some of them. Oh, I'm right, sorry, right, it's right. Saturday. <laughs> that, oh, actually, it's a Saturday or Sunday morning that they cruise in and they have their little meeting. They talk about, well, let's look at the rule book again, boys. Okay, that looks good. <laughs> and then they go out and and murder the game. Right. Of course, if they were full time employees, then you know they would. Then these things happen. Then then we're talking about loss of. A job, but I I agree. The guy should that that guy shouldn't be working. He should be he should be suspended for a game because of that call. Absolutely. And, and, and if Absolutely. it had gone against the Lions, I would have been like, that was the, I would that's the worst call I've ever seen. Either Absolutely. way. Absolutely. I don't care if that was called against the Lions and we won the game on that call. That call is absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. It's absolutely. I feel stupid. guilty as, this as guy, hell if that happened. This guy needs to be suspended at least. It's like that is. How can you make the, it's not a judgment call? That's the thing. You know, the other p- plays that you mentioned, right? Those are okay. I'm not sure if he held or what. I was like, dude, there's nobody there. There's yeah, he didn't even hold the ball. There. It was snap throw. It was like, what? He's not, there's no intention for him at, to throw all the incompletion. It's like, oh, there's no one where the ball went. You didn't look at what was happening when he threw the ball, did you? And he didn't consult anybody on his crew. You would think someone on the freaking crew would have looked and said, uh, hey, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it almost there. looked like that referee that Carol was screaming at felt bad about the call based on his body reaction. Uh, how would we have felt about this call if Geno Smith hadn't just uh, he was hot, obviously. But again, Geno Smith has this remarkable talent to just kind of push the reset button. Yeah. And he does not get nearly enough credit for that. Because what did he do after that play? When a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of really good quarterbacks, still would have been hot. He's like, oh, okay, well, I'll just run for 15. Right. (laughs) And then drops that dime and lock it in the back of the end zone. But Yeah, you're right. I I think Geno hits the reset button. But not only it kind of like oh i'm starting over like it yeah focuses even more yeah exactly it's just just, as like okay well you threw this in front of me let me take this one down and the play after his scramble oh nice pass great job and for some reason dk metcalf and jsn decide oh we'll both set back from the line of scrimmage so they were penalized on that it's like oh my god actually that that wasn't uh that I was listening to that too. That actually wasn't a penalty either because JSN was close and this was from a receiver. Um, it looks like just for us, it was like, oh, they're back from the line. But the way JSN was compared to the rest of the offensive line, that shouldn't have been a flag either. Oh, of course. I'm not surprised. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that's the point. And again, at that point, it's like Gino's got to be thinking, seriously, dude. Seriously. Right. And instead, he said, oh, okay, let's go to work. And and the same thing with the sack, right? So he takes that horrible sack. They they tie the game. Seattle gets the ball first in overtime with scoring a touchdown, wins the game. 
and Gino six of seven on the drive. Six of seven on the drive, man. And just like boom, 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 boom. It's like and yep. chunks. 17 yeah. yards, 18 yards. I mean, just brilliantly called by Shane Waldron. Brilliantly called because he you know, uh, he involved yeah. so many different receivers. It was just it was just week perfectly one, called. Week one, the tight ends caught three passes. This week, they caught nine. They were only targeted for 133 19, yards and they caught all nine passes. Yeah. You know, and you were talking last week is like uh, you might want to throw to Noah Fant, right? Right. They found Noah Fant this time. It's like. The, the change, and they still ran the ball in the yeah. second half. And they kept they, they kept it. running. I actually tweeted that out in the first yes. half. I was like, I'm okay with these short runs. Absolutely. Because they weren't, he, he picked up, Walker picked up a, what? The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details eight or nine yards on the first run. Then he kept getting stuff, but I'm like, just keep sticking with it. At least it gives them exactly. something like exactly. Exactly. It's like, you can't let them, because they kept running the ball and maybe he'd pick up four yards. Maybe he'll get stuffed, but they kept running the ball because this time they realized, Oh, if all we do is throw, they're going to realize we're just going to throw and they can play accordingly. So absolutely brilliant i totally agree that they stuck with the game plan they needed to do because they have to run the ball yep. almost any team in the nfl you have to run the ball you can't be one-dimensional because yep. you're and not we, we, doing that we talk about this and then over time they didn't run it at all but it was like that was you know that was that was the design it right. was just i don't know it was and charbonnet looked uh he he looked good i mean charbonnet he didn't pick up good. a ton of yards he didn't he get a lot of carries but he looked strong when he ran the ball he did he looked good i mean Picked up, what, 16 on the four carries, so, yeah. you know. And a lot uh, of that was him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as they said in the broadcast, and uh, not a big fan of Fox uh, broadcasters, period. I mean, especially when, you know, they're they're talking about some stupid upcoming show, and it's like, oh, what happened there? It's like, yeah. dude, are you not watching the game, or are you too busy reading copy? Advertising well, he's something he's for shilling Fox. for whatever he's being told, yeah. Unbelievable. But... Yeah. I do. But like what happened fact, to Montgomery? Oh, I guess he is exactly, he heard something. Exactly. That's the play I'm talking about. But I do like the fact that they pointed out a couple of times. It's like, uh, you know, it looks to me like Walker's 
he's running an awful lot to pick up just those few. And not like he's like, like, man, this dude is working to pick up those yards. And he was. He probably ran for 300 yards in that game <laughs> to pick up the 40. It's like Bo Jackson Tickmo Bowl, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a family guy, and he keeps running back. And How often did you see him? It was like, hit the line. There's nothing there. Spin around. Cut. Oh, nothing there. Cut the other way to pick up three or four yards. Yeah. Some, sometimes so I do think he's a little to bit too, too hesitant. When he, when he gets, because there were a couple of plays where he didn't have initial contact, just a couple of plays, yeah. and then he kind of hesitated just a bit, and then he got take got tripped up, gosh, three or four times there in the first half alone, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like a couple of those he just hesitated too much and allowed the guy to be able to trip him up. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, don't, don't want to disparage one, Kenneth Walker. I think he's fantastic. Don't, don't this one Sparty now, boy. This one Sparty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think they won because they played more Spartans than they did Wolverines, to be honest. But... <laughs> could be it. Could be it. It's like we got oh, Olu. We don't need this Mike Morris guy. Let's sit him. Maybe we'll. No, we won. Um, yeah, I was glad. Um, I was glad Olu what time he uh, played, and he didn't play a ton, but he did okay when he was in there. I think even somebody. Yeah. I think Gino even gave him props. Like, hey, he had to fill in. He he, he was good. Yeah, yeah. Gino offensive gave line, man. It's just big like props. Big props to Curran yeah. and Forsyth, I mean, as you should. Forsyth and Curran gave up no, I mean, they didn't give up much pressure. And there was only one quarterback hit and one sack. And again, that was on Geno. Yeah. Was, that was totally. incredible. Nobody would. And it wasn't like they were quick passing it. They, they've, they've done that more recently since Geno's been the quarterback. Yeah, he goes long sometimes. And they, right. they did go long a couple of times. But they didn't really change their game plan all that much. Um, yeah. I mean, Walker was running out wide, and again, it, some of the times he got tripped up, it wasn't Coran or Forsyth. In fact, um, according to Pro Football Focus's grades um, from this past week, uh, Forsyth is the fifth highest, yeah. and then Coran is tenth out of eighteen. Speaking but his grades aren't bad. Speaking of Pro Football Focus's grades, because yeah, I saw that too. In yeah, it's both. It's a paywall. 12s just so you know um i was looking Wait, at, I'm the paying co- for this shit? at the coverage grades oh, well pete is pete doesn't know it, but pete's paying you know what i'm saying uh-huh. okay so on the coverage grades i'm looking here and i'm looking at the grades jordan brooks was targeted eight times i'm sorry he was targeted nine times and gave up eight receptions that seems like that would be kind of bad right he got a 62.5 coverage grade. Yeah, because how many how many yards is he giving up after? I mean, sometimes yeah, those yeah, catches yeah. are in front and then they tackle. I, yeah. I always kind of throw out the linebacker targets because well, yeah. not necessarily 20, 20, 28 yards, 28 yards after the catch. So yeah, not, not, yeah I, not I, I agree. I, I don't understand the grades sometimes. I I, I look at the. I, I it's really nice to see the targets and the and the catches, but for the grades, it's like. Mm, See, yeah. oh, because sometimes your grades are really, really, really strange. Yeah. Like, what, what are you looking at to decide? Oh, that's what this is. That makes. I, I mean, okay. Yeah, because how would you argue with them? It's like, oh, that's your grade. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, how did you? Uh, yeah. Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs targeted once, gave up one catch for seven yards, and he had a grade of thirty-eight eight. Um, yeah. He. He had missed a couple of tackles. It was kind of a weird game, but they they had the second grade graded. 
but these are coverage oh, grades. Oh, oh. So it's like it's not the overall grade. This is coverage. And like yeah, but unless if they you give up seven in. yards every time somebody <laughs> catches the ball, they and they start on their twenty-five. I mean, you're basically allowing ten catches. Basically, <laughs> basically, basically, you are. So I mean, the grades are just their grades are weird but it is a yeah. nice resource to see is like oh this is exactly what happened and yeah and, and it different is, position and, groups are, are graded sure. more accurately i think yeah and it's hard to tell sometimes when they say is like like jay curran was was tagged by pro football focus as allowing four hurries like and i have no reason to say that's incorrect but sometimes it's kind of hard to tell exactly you know are, is someone just is some schlep like us just sitting there and it's like, oh, I think that was him. Yes. Or are they getting this from the team? And that is some schlep like us, I believe. So it's like, mm. I'm assuming they have some you and I are sitting there and it's like, OK, that's uh, yeah. very, I'm grading. Sometimes, sometimes and then I'm putting this into my say, oh, this was on this guy. Yeah, true. Um, but then they put it into some kind of software system yeah. they have. And it's like, oh, yeah. this is a great. It's like, oh, OK, but it's still like, yeah, I agree. I don't know how. How somebody can have a grade of 38 if they are targeted just once. I, I guess yeah, it was like, where because the pass from? was completed, that probably that may throw off the system too. It's like, oh, they gave up 100% yeah. of completion. So, boom, that's a bad grade. But and, and but how is that so much worse than a guy who gives up eight of nine? That makes zero sense. Because one Position of them was not completion. No, it's like, that's the only thing I can figure out. I mean, I'm not arguing. Yeah, maybe. Way, but, but it's like, oh, I know. But then you got to look at it and it's like, that doesn't make any sense and you got to make the adjustment. Um, you would hope. Anyway, uh, are we worried about Jason Myers? Um, uh, I'm not. I, it's, the funny thing not is, I, I know he, oh, I can't remember which game I was watching later in the game. Uh, they I sporadically watched a game. This kicker made it from 56 yards and could have made it from 75 is the way he looked. And they were talking about, oh, yeah. this guy's got like... But and Jason Myers has made 56 yard field goals, but that's not something oh, yeah. you should just one should accept. No. Like, oh, he's 56, he's going to make it. Now he can make it, and that's part of the issue is he's been so good at them before. So right. kind of throw that one out. And the other one, yeah. 48 yarder. He, I mean, NFL kickers get paid to make those kicks, right? But it's still right. not. So he's three of six on the season, and just of course because he only missed three last year completely. But right. um, I mean, he hasn't missed any extra points, right? Right. So and those aren't short. I on think I'd be more run. worried if he was missing the extra points. Yeah, on the long one, I went back and looked because someone had said it's like, yeah, but the 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 hold was was bad. And I looked back and was like, mm, there was a, some, it was a little off. I'm yeah, it was. The, you could tell that he doesn't shank him that bad to the left. No. So you know, it was just like, you know, and the thing is, he could rip off thirteen, fourteen in a row, and it wouldn't surprise anybody, right? Because, because he's done that, so. My only concern is that he signed that big contract in the offseason and then he's, he's kind of basically there for two years because mm-hmm. and if he's not good, then it's like, OK, you're eating a lot of money because you can't you can't can't stay. Yeah. shouldn't stay with a kicker who's really struggling because they know they're struggling. I mean, they you know how kickers are. They get yeah. it in their head. It like, gets in their head and then they then. Yeah. Right. They get but, the yips. You know, four or five games more go on, and and he's still having the same issue. Then yeah, but I'm not worried after, after yeah. two games with one of them, because the ones he's missed, none of them been short, right? I think there was two right. forty something and one fifty something. So, right, should still make them if they're within fifty, because that's you're playing a professional job and getting paid a lot of money 
to make those kicks. But if he was five of six or four of six, I mean, if I was con- if I was going to have a concern, it would be with a long snapper. Honestly, I mean, wh- where are those? And I haven't like looked at it, but you know, where are the snaps coming in? Point. Because we do have a long new snap, a new long snapper, right? So maybe. And I'm not saying. Or you that's think Michael Dixon, the holder, is just doesn't like and, Jason and Myers and, and screws up all the of hold. A, all of a sudden, right? So I mean, then that's no laces like, out no, for man. you, buddy. <laughs> you know, it's not Dixon because he was the holder last year. So the only other, the only variable there is this offseason. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Jason. Maybe Michael was like, "Hey, come visit me in Australia," and then you know, J- Jason Myers shows up and he was like, "I'm not drinking any of this Australian beer," and Dixon's like, "Screw you." Or maybe he went to New Zealand and said, it's all the same, dude. Yeah, very true. Yeah. That would get um, that would get his ass kicked, I think. Anyway. Speaking um, of Russell Crowe's. He, so, um. <laughs> 30 guys. Uh, yeah. So, and Devin Witherspoon, I, I think we touched on this a little bit, but I, I thought he did. I got to mention this in a second, but Devin Witherspoon, um, I, th- I thought he did well. I mean, his first game ever. Yeah, I thought he did really well. He's he he got burned on the flea flicker because they used his aggression against him. Um, exactly. And Quandre Diggs said after the game, he was like, "Yep, but told him that stuff's gonna happen. You just gotta move on." And he did. He came back and he played. Yep. He was every pass that I and can remember except caught, for maybe he two. He almost caught up to the damn play anyway. He did. He almost did. But every pass I mean, except for two, <laughs> yeah. he was like right there. Yep. Um, I'm agreed. more worried about Julian Love. I just don't feel like he's. Yes, agreed. Uh, the one thing that doesn't have me concerned about Julian Love is that we should have a Jamal Adams sighting coming pretty quickly. He's going to practice fully this week, and they don't know if he's going right. to play in week three. Um, but why not if he practices fully? They may not, you know, yeah. and who knows what the Seahawks do. They're like, oh, this Witherspoon guy hasn't played. He's just playing every snap of his first game, basically, is what happened. Yeah. Um, I forgot to say, Pete Carroll on his show on Monday uh, was talking about getting mad at that intentional grounding. And he was like, yeah, I, I was like, I did my best Leo DeRocher. And I was like, who says that? Pete, Pete, <laughs> Pete, Pete talking to like 8% of his audience. Who, well, probably 4% because 8%, only 8% are old enough to know. And then half of that, no baseball. So, yeah. way to go, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> Leo DeRocher. <laughs> well, I was God. like, well, holy cow, did he just say it? Leo DeRocher? And that, oh, oh, actually, nice call. What's holy that? Cow. Holy nice cow. call with holy cow reference. That's true, yeah. Harry Carey wasn't calling Leo DeRocher games, though, was he? Mm, no, He's so. probably with anyway. the Cardinals. Yeah, back then, I'm sure he was with the Cardinals. No, we've sure just lost. Know. We've just lost our, half our audience. We're <laughs> down to 4% of our audience, which is none. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, the week three, um, we've, again, we've touched on this a little bit. But Bryce, Bryce Young comes to Seattle. He hasn't really been given him. He did throw, what, 34 times yesterday or Monday night? Today is Tuesday, right? Don't we're recording this, um, which is a lot. But they're not really. First of all, he doesn't have the receivers really no. to do a whole lot with. Um, and they're not asking him to do a whole lot either. And they're doing it the right way. They know they're not going to win a Super Bowl, and they're just kind of bringing him along slowly. He does yeah, have exactly. the capability of of being fantastic. I just don't know if he has the weapons. So I think this is this could be a week that the Seahawks' defense looks a lot better based on the competition. But I think the offense may look worse because the Panthers' defense is pretty good. 
And they can yeah. get pressure on the quarterback and stuff to run. So, you know, we saw last year the Panthers, they went 0-4 against the NFC North, uh, South last year, right? So they lost to a Panthers team that they should have smashed and didn't. Yep. So you just literally have no idea what's going to happen this week. I think Seattle, just like week one, they're the better team. But this yep. is going to be an up-and-down season. They come out and play against the Rams. They'll lose every team they play. Uh, they would. Absolutely. I think we'll see a lot of uh, the same sets we saw in this game. We'll see a lot of three tight end sets. I mean, it just makes sense. They should do that especially, anyway. Yeah, well, especially especially when all three of them can catch. I mean, right. Fant's not the best blocker, but... I, I would just go with you. 11 tight end sets. <laughs> you know, have maybe, you know, I guess Nick Ballore could count him. He could be the quarterback. Nick Bloor could come in. But by the way, did you see uh, we're talking Bloor, about Bloor's Bloor's hit Bloor on that focus? Yeah. No, no, not Bloor's hit. But but yeah, of course, why not? But did you see the blocking, the pass blocking grades? I know you did. But did you notice the run blocking grades for as for the Seahawks versus the Lions. Uh, I'm looking the, at the run blocking grades right now. But and Jake Bobo was the <laughs> top. Like what? Yeah. Jake. And 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 how many how many uh, how many snaps did he play when they ran the ball? Seven. Zero. Seven snaps. Well, I mean, oh, he's got but seven. it says run. It says zero. Oh, okay, I see what it was. Yeah, yeah seven yeah. snaps. So seven so what snaps. happened? It's kind of the reverse of the Quandre Diggs thing. Yeah. Bobo allowed that one completion when he was running, run blocking for seven snaps yeah. Yeah. Um, on that interception. Um, which is, which yeah, is, actually, it's another thing we should mention as much as people hate on Gino, he has zero turnovers so far through two weeks. Yes. Yes, exactly. And he was under crazy pressure against the Rams, had a clean pocket, basically, against, against the Lions, which is nice. But, you know, no turnovers is no turnovers. I mean, yeah, period. pretty damn, pretty damn sweet. So he had that, again, that one could have been a pick six, I guess, that he yeah. threw against the Lions. And I don't know how that guy didn't catch the ball, to be honest. But um, yeah, and bringing up run run block grades, Evan Brown, again, just like in week one. He, yeah, he wasn't the problem in week one. And no. he's clearly an upgrade over Austin Blythe from 2022. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so but anyway, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's been. I mean, I expect them to win. I don't want to say they'll win because I always jinx it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. You expect them to win, but you don't know. You never know how things are going to go. Oh. But if they play with the same intensity they did against the Lions, they clean up a few mistakes. Because of course they made mistakes, right? But they should have a good game. I'll just put it that way yeah. against the Panthers. But totally agree. The offense, they're going to have to um, tighten up a few things on offense because the Panthers' defense is solid. For sure. Yeah. And the Lions are a good team. I mean, they still probably they are. could win that I division. Think make, yeah, the Lions will make the playoffs. I'd be shocked. Honestly, I'd be shocked if they don't make the playoffs. Uh, and and I'm sure some Lions fans, I haven't seen this, but I'm sure some Lions fans are like, oh, my God, they went for first down on three fourth downs. It's like, why are they doing that? And it's like, well, that's what you do when you don't have, like, the best team in the league. Um, to me, it makes sense. To when me. you don't respect the other defense. That's why they're going. I mean, I would go for it too on those fourth downs. And I even tweeted that out in the game. I was like, "Yeah, this clearly shows you what kind of respect they have for the Seahawks defense." 
And people would respond by saying, oh, rightfully so. And I couldn't argue with that. I mean, based on... The, those weren't fourth and ones. I mean, target fourth and three, yeah. fourth and four. One was and fourth like, and I, 27 that they picked up. No. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that, that he, he gamble, will gamble like that. Because, and especially because it's earlier in the game. You know, it's not like he's went for it on fourth and four, you know, and they're protecting a lead in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, you know, that's different circumstances. So, yeah. Yeah. The Lions are definitely good team. Yeah, and, and the Seahawks, somebody kept saying, oh, you know, the Pete could have gone for it on a couple of fourth and ones, and they're, oh, he'll never go for it. He'll... And then they went for it and made it. That's like, and that was a huge play. Yes, they do go for it on fourth. I mean, it's just yeah. it's, it's situation dependent. When Matt Leinert's in at quarterback, they go for it every time. <laughs> um, but uh, And then after the Panthers, of course, they play a Giants team that, that they need to beat. The Giants look terrible. And yeah. now they're going to be without. I think every team except for the Seahawks lost a running back this week. There are so many running back injuries right, right now; right. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Saquon Barkley. I haven't heard their latest, but I know he suffered a sprained ankle. Is out this week, and now he's week to week. But I'm like, you don't bounce back that quickly from a sprained ankle. No. Um, and then, uh, like I said, oh, just a ton. There's uh, Nick Chubb is out for the yeah. season probably. I would feel for the Browns, but they're a terrible organization. So I feel for Nick Chubb. I'll put it that way. Yeah, uh, Browns are just yeah. I, I, I from the owner down, it's it's almost yeah. like it's. I I was watching because I don't I don't like the Cowboys. I don't like the Patriots, but those right. are just on field stuff. But off the field, you know, we know who who Hyams yeah. is, right? It's like not Hyams, um, um, Haslam. Haslam. Um, the owner of the of the Browns, and he's just you, he's are you, just. Are you hating on Jimmy Hyams again? Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually retired. retired by the way, he doesn't do a radio show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Haslam is just a you know he's a, he's just yeah. they're not good people. No, they're bad no. people. So you know, and then Deshaun Watson obviously is uh, bad people. A so, prince. Yeah. Total prince. Prince of How, darkness. Has that, ever, has that ever happened? Has that ever happened before where a quarterback has been flagged for face masking twice? Yeah, two. Yeah, no. Like, what the hell, dude? What are you? Like, you're the John Jones of the NFL? You can, like, go for the eyes every time? I, like, what the heck? He's got a screw loose. Something's wrong with the guy. Dude. I mean, I get the stiff arm, right? But it's like, you're going right to the face. Are you that's, well, never mind. We know he's that stupid for many reasons. Always catch but it's like, I I was watching because I, it was the game was over, but I was, went back and like, oh, look a little, I'll go back and look at a little, some of the plays I was watching someone. And I just, I, I laughed out loud, literally both times. It's like, how are you that much of an idiot? Yeah. Just, I don't know. Especially on the second one, you've already been called for it. That's probably happened five times in the history of the league where a quarterback has been flagged for a face mask, and you did it twice. Well, he does <laughs> He does lots of things multiple times. He shouldn't. Yes, he does. Yes, um, so, uh, yeah, we, we talked about Jamal Adams practicing and maybe coming back, hopefully, maybe week three, we hope. Huge um, news. Barkley probably not ready for week four. That's just a guess. But And then this week and against the Panthers, the Seahawks won't face J.C. Horn who uh, is out. Uh, he's on injured reserve, so they face a slightly diminished Panthers team, too, which should help a little bit. Um, crazy. The, my, before we get into the Rob Gordons, 
my biggest question of this show is what is happening between Canada and India right now? Canada is getting ready to throw down. They're not. That's they're it's not, not a, I mean, you're in, kind of in, an, it, in, an, in an economic sense. Um, kind of outnumbered there, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting situation where we had a, a Sikh activist um, who was. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it murdered or assassinated. He's a political figure, so I guess he's assassinated. Um, and Canada says they have information that proves that this was an operation of the Indian government, which would be kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, every once in a while, we won't, you know, people talk about, oh, we should go murder Putin and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm, yeah, we really shouldn't do that. Not that he don't deserve some murdering. But considering how many people that he's uh, had killed, right. like, I don't know how many thousands or hundreds of thousands is it at this point? Yeah, but term? the moral high ground but is always better. Exactly. Exactly. But this guy, India has officially India has officially labeled that person that they that they killed as as a terrorist. So mm, kind of lends credence to the, the theory that Canada has that, oh, you did a bad thing. You're not bad people, but your government did a bad thing. Uh, Modi is not generally looked upon as, as one of the best leaders in the world, anyway. <laughs> so it's not much of a wouldn't be that much of a surprise if that had not been ordered. Um, but dude, what are you doing, going into another country and and, and killing someone because you don't right. like what he's saying? Yeah, you're supposed to be a democracy. And, well, and I'm not saying the U.S. hasn't done, <laughs> which is why you said, well, well, I, 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 the U.S. This, hasn't done things like that either. This is people are going to tune us out, but that's fine. Yeah. You know, when, the, when we've done this whole you have to come back civilian to exchange thing, right, with Irene right. and the United right. States, five for five, basically five for fighting. It's a Canadian band. Um, you know, five for five. And then basically. You know it's going to happen this way, but we, I was watching the news when it was doing there. Oh, you know these these Americans are finally reunited with their families after being you know held captive in Iran, and and I told my partner, I said, you know, if we're watching this in Iran, the news is the exact opposite. Oh yeah, and, and that's the frustrating thing is like I, I try to search out news that's more global, that's more like PBS, BBC to some degree. Obviously, what we get here. Writers, but it's yeah. it's more like yeah it's more like it's you know it's neutral it just give me the news you know yep. instead of it's news but there's a whole lot of it's like i get it these people are uh, are reunited with their families so are the iranians yep. they're human beings yep <laughs> basically and it was just like golly i just I hate it it's so skewed it's like i'm happy that the americans are back i'm happy that the iranians are back with their families as well yeah it is it is odd, but it it bears some watching what's going to happen with Canada and India because trade agreements are about to fall apart. And yeah, it's going to get it's going to get uh, I don't there's no chance, zero chance that this is going to turn into something military because that would, because be, that would be bad. Canada is not stupid. Yeah. And and. I think overall the government of India is not stupid. Modi, I don't know about, but overall the government's not stupid. It's not going to turn into something like that. If now if it was the U.S. and India, then you got to worry, even even with the current administration, because we just like to go kick ass, because that's what we like to do in the U.S. <laughs> so 
rather than talk and, and figure things out. So it's not going to do that, but there could be some like major economic fallout fallout from this. So it'll be interesting to see how this yeah. how this spins. And there's a huge Sikh community in Canada. So it's not like, oh, who cares? There's only like five guys here. There are millions of, of, of Sikhs that live in Canada. So and not that that should matter. Well, I think Trudeau is a Sikh, right? No, I'm just uh, in some of those photos. One of the Trudeaus. Uh, so, you know, uh, you do have to uh, represent your constituency. And, and that's what Trudeau's doing. So, yeah. Well, that's our news part of the show. Um, so I did watch. I watched. Uh, Thanks for uh, tuning in to Twelfth Man Al Jazeera. Exactly. Um, I watched. Uh, actually, they have a really good tennis site for Al Jazeera news, to be honest. Um, but uh, has, it is a really good news organization, right? Actually, People are going to yeah. go, ah, but it is. Yes, it's, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, Fox News. Like, you still call that news? Um, anyway, I, I watched Barbie. I rented it and watched it on Netflix. Oh, finally. Yeah. Finally. And then I watched, uh, I went to the theater and saw Murder in Venice. Um, I was Murder in Venice. Let me, let me ask you one question before we get back to Barbie, because that's really the important thing. Is Murder in Venice a horror, a horror movie? There, or, or there are the elements. Horror elements. Ah, it's okay, still pro but um, there are elements of horror. Um, so, um, and I intentionally... I think that's why it was released in September. Um, it's more, I've heard it's more gothic, which I can see. There's definitely, yeah. I feel like the ending was really rushed because it's like. I, I, mm, that's unfortunate. Yeah. It's, I, I can see that much more likely because some people say, oh, this is a straight horror movie. And it's like, no, no, they no, really did a lot of changes with the Agatha Christie property. I don't think this is a horror movie. Elements, totally get a gothic. Yeah, I get that. Makes sense. Right. But. Yeah, this this is like, I mean, there's a couple of very short moments that are like, oh, you see that in a horror film. But overall, it's more gothic. It's yeah, not horror. Cool. Um, I don't think any fan of horror would say, oh, this is a horror film. That nobody would probably be offended if you said that. But um, yeah. like Crimson Peak, people call Crimson Peak a horror film. It's like, mm, no, it's, and it's, it's, it's a gothic yeah, romance. It's kind of it's the same cool movie, same, but it's not horror. Film. Same vein without all the any part of the horror elements that and yeah. I really like that um, movie. But uh, Brenna's really good. The acting's really good. Um, it's just like it's like oh, all this stuff happening, and then okay, here here we are at the end. And I'm telling you what happened. It's like I feel like we missed mm. something. But it, I mean, it's worth seeing. It's less than two hours. It probably cut some of it out. Extended cut would probably be better. I I may watch it then. And how, what did you think of Barbie? You know, I again uh, like we talked about texts back and forth. Just not enough Borat. I thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have to. I'm glad you brought that up because I have to mention talk about something. And I know this is supposed to be a short show, but I have to talk about something. So continue with Barbie. No, it was it was it was great. Um, it was. It, yeah, I, I guess yeah, I'd heard yeah, so much yeah, about it that I kind of knew. Charlie what to Day again for the second week in a row. You're Charlie Day. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Um, no, it was. I've heard so much about like what it was about that I wasn't really right. like, oh, it's just. Um, yeah. But I, the acting was 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 very good. Obviously, there wasn't any. There wasn't any bad parts. It was it was the right amount of time. It wasn't overly done. You know, it wasn't like we're making this two and a half hours. Now if they make a Barbie two, it might be two and a half hours. I really like the part. The funny part to me was when when um, Margaret Robbie is is talking and they're talking about like being ugly, and then the the voiceover says just a note to the director. Yes. <laughs> if you're casting, that was brilliant. One of the many many brilliant moments. 
yeah. of that film. I mean, that t- and we talked about this several times now. I mean, just the fact that you can hardly think of two more different films than Barbie and Oppenheimer. And the fact that they came out on the same weekend, let alone and in the same And both really year, successful, rightfully so. Ridiculous. Just such a bizarre, bizarre circumstance. Yeah, the, but, the yeah. movie is uh, perfect. Barbie's perfectly cast. Everybody who plays their role is perfect for the role they're in. Um, yep. Agreed. Michael Sarah so is well- fantastic as Alan. Um, Michael Sarah is great. Ryan Gosling, I think he's, he's I can't say he's, he's under appreciated in this he's not underappreciated to begin with but underappreciated in this role i don't know yeah i think he is a little bit drive is a fantastic film that people don't talk enough about um but if it was ryan reynolds what's that maybe yeah maybe you think he's underappreciated overall maybe he is i'm I'm thinking he's correctly appreciated he's not that way well i yeah i agree i don't think he wants the whole store thing but he is awesome in this film he is so so good I, I totally agree. Everybody in this, in this film was fantastic. And the script is like lights out. Oh, good. Yeah. And I understand the comment about the feet, too. Um, <laughs> yes. Because it's like, oh, OK, now it makes it's not just a moment. I keep yeah. talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. It's such a good film. I totally agree. Uh, you mentioned Borat. So I managed to get to go to it because my, my partner, who I guess we're not naming our partners because I don't know, we're doing a weird thing. Oh, that, oh, I know why. Because well, we Margot change. doesn't like me to just, you know. Yeah, yeah, because we can change our partners later. Just like, yeah, my partner. So we. My partner's name is John Ham. <laughs> by the way, the morning show. He's You're on the, the luckiest man on earth. By the way, he's on a pretty much. He's on the new episode, a new season of the morning show that just came out. Um, oh, if you haven't watched it, he's he's good. I mean, he's he's uh, well cast. John it's, it's a good film. All right, good, uh, good TV show. Now that'd be a power couple, Mark and Mark Camp, Mark, Mark Camp, Mark, Mark, Mark Russell, Margo Mark Ham, Camp. Mark and Russell John and John Ham, and John Ham. Oh, John Russell. Uh, yeah. Mark anyway, <laughs> Mark Ham. <laughs> it's like, why not? At this and point, somehow that GD McFleetwood's in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! My Railway City Playa Cerveza made with lime and sea salt is really hitting the spot right now. By the way, this is a Mexican, a Mexican cerveza style brewed right here in Ontario. So interesting. It's actually by, good. by Sikhs. <laughs> yeah, it might be. But but uh, no, I'm not going to say that. But so next year we're going to join, get a membership memberships in the Toronto Film Festival because tickets for members go on sale the day before. So there are a lot of films that I couldn't get tickets to. That I wanted to because they were already sold out before they it's went on sale. No, most of the tickets are just like kind of standard ticket. I mean, twenty-two bucks, which is a little high because most most tickets up here are like fifteen bucks. But again, the exchange rate that would be more like twelve in the U.S. So very reasonable, right? Uh, now, if you go to a gala, a premiere, where in pe- years past, you know, the actors are there and all this other stuff. Mm, those are pricey. You're, you're looking like $130, $150. But for the standard showings, no, $22. Bucks. Um, but the, just the availability is the issue. So <laughs> this is my fourth choice. My fourth choice to see. Uh, can, I, can I say it's a slang term for penis? It's penises, the musical, except it's not called that. Uh, no, you can uh, say I've, I've seen stuff on Facebook about it. I mean, it's 
It looks hilarious. I don't know if it was, but as funny as as funny as Borat is, it's from the director. This is why it came up because of the same director, the director of Borat. Um, it's probably an order of magnitude funnier than Borat, and I think Borat is hilarious. This is one of the funniest freaking movies I've ever seen. Partly just for the humor, but partly because it's so ungodly outrageous. The parts of Borat that are uh, they're outrageous. You have not seen anything compared to what they do in this film. Holy, holy That's crap. Funny. And this is a musical. I don't know how many musical numbers there are in it. Probably <laughs> a dozen. There's a lot. Wow. It's it's based on an off-Broadway play, which was called, uh, okay, I can't say this, but Identical Effing Twins. Um, so it's So it's an adaptation of that play written by the two stars of that play. That's just a two-man play. And they wrote the play and they wrote and starred the screenplay for this. So they're they're in it. All, they're in it. They, they co-star. But Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally are in it as their parents. It's, it's a take on Freaky Friday is what it is. But it's an ex- insanely. Is Nick Offerman in it? Nick Offerman has a small part. He's yes. in it. He's I figured awesome. if Mullally's in it. I figured yeah, yeah. He has, a, he has a small part. I didn't realize that. Uh, Malali could sing like that. It was like, what oh yeah, the she's hell? got a great voice. Yeah, <laughs> I knew she could sing, but it was like, what, what, what? <laughs> like, holy crap, man! I mean, amazing. So the songs are, are the songs are, <laughs> the songs are good. Most of the songs you could not like quote any of the lyrics in polite company, as they say. Uh, most of the movie you can't quote in polite company, as they say. Uh, God is a recurring character. Uh, <laughs> and God is very sassy. Um, oh my God, this movie is just absolutely. Who plays God? Um, Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang. Bowen Yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bowen that's Yang. awesome. That's awesome. And I don't, I, I don't really like him. I'm not seeing him in anything. I know he's on SNL, and I haven't yeah. watched SNL in a while. <laughs> he is over the top in every way hilarious this movie is so damn funny i mean i i liked it literally i borat is hilarious and i like this movie three or four times as much as borat Goodness. honest to god this movie is absolutely freaking crazy that's awesome i mean the weirdest funniest freaking movie i think i've ever seen i mean yeah. and you can only see it in toronto yeah. well it's very, gone very specific so, oh so yeah, you can't see it it's, and, it's been, and it's they'll been never banned. put it out on digital it's it's been banned throughout the world. Um, actually, there are going to be a lot of countries that will ban. Simona there will be several states that will ban this film. It's a Simona Halep of of movies. Um. <laughs> I mean, cross Borat with Hedwig and the Angry Inch and make it funnier. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, pretty much what you get. They're like, holy crap! So, is there a dash of drama? Um. Oh, I, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, it does I address serious. It does address serious situations. It does very much so, just like Barbie does. Um, <laughs> I can't even talk about it without laughing. Every musical number, the audience applauded. Every musical oh, that's number. Awesome. At the end of every musical number, and occasional other lines. They, and <laughs> and it's brilliantly brilliantly constructed because they give you a beat after the musical number to give the audience time to applaud before the scene is like, cause they know it's going to happen. It's like, Oh my God. It's a good name so for a, a movie. Occasional other lines. Occasional um, other lines. Yeah. Speaking of occasional other lines. Yeah. Let's get talk, to it. 
why don't you tell us what our Rob Gordons are this week? We are going to talk about the five Seahawks that you're going to go to for the one go-to touchdown catch to win the game. That's about as close as I can make it. Yeah, it was kind of kind of a it was a it's a simple yeah, yeah. concept, but it's hard to. Know what it is. If you need to make one throw for a touchdown in the yes. history of Seahawksdom, these, these five are the guys are the ones you're going to throw it to. Five guys? Oh, I love their burgers. They're so good. The yeah. fries a little. And you're, over, you're throwing a lot, it to them at the same time. Like you throw it and they have to keep lateraling it back. Oh my God, that would be that's awesome. How, that's how I set mine up. Does that know how you set? That's so, um, not quite, but no. So number, no, we won't do honorable mentions if you have any, but number five for you is? Number five for me is, uh, boy. Uh, I'm going to say five, I'm going to scream. Yeah, I'm going to, if I say who for number five? If we have the same five. Oh, get ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? I'm. Yeah, now I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I'm, man, this is really tough. Uh, honestly, it's really tough. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with David Moore for number five. David Moore? That's... Reason, um, being, reason being, if you actually look at the stats, I know he's not exactly in the icons of the Seahawks, but he caught... Can, can I guess what you're going to say? It's because he had 15 total catches in his career and 13 were touchdowns. Basically, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, sixteen percent of his over sixteen percent of his catches were, went for touchdowns. That's yeah. higher than anybody else, in, and significantly higher than anybody else on the list. But like, and right, he was inconsistent. We get that, right? That's why he moved on. Uh, understood, but it's kind of hard to argue with the fact that that high a percentage of his catches went for scores. Yeah. And just big plays in general. It was so Absolutely. weird. He was a, a big play for a guy who was kind of here and gone. The seventh round draft pick at that, right? Yeah. Like he yeah. was, man, big From play. From what, Northeast Oklahoma State or something like that? Big play Dave. I mean, that dude came up big so well. well he he would have been more productive, but they often went into the huddle, is my understanding. And Wilson would say, do we need a 35-yard gain on this? And they'd be like, oh, let's just stick with 12. I'm like, okay, we're not going to throw you the ball. <laughs> Yeah. Quite possibly true. You're number five. Because whistle didn't have uh, well, Wilson. 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 Wilson didn't have his armband on, so he didn't know the play. Oh, that was it. You heard that about Sean, Sean Payton, right? Yes. Yes. Um, maybe we'll go with armbands. Ouch. Um, my number five is Jermaine Curse. Yeah. Same. Um, same thing. Is he on your not, list? Not the same percentage, but no, I don't have Jimmy okay. Curse on the list, but I mean, exactly the same reasons. Like, yeah, just had a... And it, need had, a big play? Oh, that guy. Big play in big moments, just like, you know, yeah. after after forcing Wilson into like three or four, actually, four interceptions against Green Bay, then he makes the catch at the end of the game to send him yeah. to the Super Bowl, uh, has that catch in the Super Bowl that almost, you know, gets him into position to win the game, and then uh, he just did that over the whole course of his career. He wasn't a very... He wasn't a great receiver, didn't have great size or great speed, and he just seemed to always come up with big catches. But, yeah, I mean, and, and again, not the best hands in the world, but if you need a big play, he's probably going to show up. So that's why he's number five for me. Yep. 56.5% of his of his targets were completed. So not a high end, but not a terrible end, but but just yeah. seemed to show up in big moments. He did indeed. He number four for you is? did indeed. My number four. And this has been a, been a really tricky list. Uh, I'm going to go with Joey Galloway. Um, people just don't think that much about Joey. But again, 
high He had such percentage. a great career. And then yeah. and it's like into no. Hall of Fame. And it's like, you realize this guy had like 30,000 yards. He's yeah. very always underappreciated. Um, not a high catch percentage at all, obviously, right? Different like, game when he played, I think. Yeah, and it's like, he's only here for like five, what, five years? But still, I mean, a high percentage for the for the touchdowns. Um. Yeah, and it's like, and then there are a lot of Seahawks who's just kind of like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot he played for the Seahawks. It's like, what? <laughs> and, I, and I'm guilty of the same thing. I'm saying that, but it's just, it's it's odd how it's like, you know, if they're like 20 years ago, it's like, oh, really? All-time and great tight end, Greg Olson played for the Seahawks. What? <laughs> and I will say, jumping back to that, I I thought he did a good job on the broadcast. I thought it was god-awful. Oh my gosh, I kept complaining. I kept saying, okay, Greg, and and, and uh, the people I was watching the game with were like, I mean, I wasn't being, yeah, saying yeah. it all the time, being obtuse or anything, but they were like, oh, yeah, it'd be funny to listen to you co- uh, commentate on a game. I was like, I'd be terrible at it, but I wouldn't be any worse than Greg Olson is in this game. Well, the I only mean, thing I liked about him was that he praised Geno Smith. Yeah. And he didn't bad mouth the Seahawks. But no, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I No, I know what you're saying. Um, He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so number four for me, but, but at least he knew that Montgomery got injured anyway. That's true. I just feel like the, the team, that team's usually not bad. I mean, he's not normally bad. They just seem to take that game off for whatever reason. Um, and the uh, lions had Detroit had so many Detroit personalities. I mean, they, they clearly had that game blown up and like, Hey, we're arriving. I, I feel bad for it. Cause I don't dislike Detroit. Yeah, you know, but I felt bad. They had the whole uh, Sanders thing before the game, and then yeah. uh, I don't know. I felt felt bad. Um, Keegan Michael Key was. I mean, so many, so many um, Detroit people were there. Um, Bobby Ingram is number four for me. Uh, yeah, 66.7 66.7 of his targets were completed but he also he just he and he just had great hands and again a, kind of a high pick from penn state um put up decent numbers in an offense that was loaded with talent so his numbers would have been even better but he just seemed to again come down with the ball just when you needed to kind of like with galloway almost played in that same kind of era you know if they'd been they'd hadn't had sean alexander on those teams you know especially the ingram teams like his numbers would have been better um but um but yeah caught everything thrown his way basically i agree i agree i however i am gonna go for my number three i'm actually gonna go that was number four for me number right so i'm on yes that was was number number two for me okay i'm on one one. for me (laughs) (laughs) My, my number three hoi hoi my number three is uh, I got to go with Angry Doug. That's who uh, I have. I have him for number three. Yeah. As well. D- D- we probably have the same percentage. two and one as well. I'm sure we do. Uh, DK has a higher percentage of touchdown catches, but listen, there's a reason they call him Angry Doug. <laughs> like if, and I'm not saying DK doesn't fight for the ball. Of course he does. But did anybody? ever fight for the ball like doug baldwin you know Doug didn't stop playing he just changed his name to tyler i think that might be the case i think that might be the case so near number two uh number two for me is uh steve largent actually who do you have as number two 
Do we have the same number two? Or do you have my number one as your I number two? I really went back and forth on that, and I'm going to agree with Steve Largent. And that sounds insane, right? Because he's got 100. He has almost twice as many ca- touchdown catches. Yeah, as we're not talking. And, and as you pointed out during the in the text chain before we started the show, it's not about the best receiver. Steve Largent right. is the best receiver who's ever played for the Seahawks and would Absolutely. have been the best receiver for almost every other team in the NFL. But if you need that one catch... Got to have that one catch. And we've seen it from the guy we know is number one now, yeah. Tyler Lockett. Right. That guy catches everything in the biggest moments. He 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 would have been, yeah. if you put Tyler and you know, we could talk about Steel Largent all day, right? His numbers are just astronomical compared to every other Seahawks receiver. Lockett actually is number two uh, in touchdowns. He's only 44 behind Largent. <laughs> But if but, you, um, but of course, and he's still playing, which of course, God. yeah, he's never going to have a hundred. Um, <coughs> just because of the people he plays with. I mean, Largent, yeah. Largent played with some some decent players, but Lockett just gets taken away from because of Metcalf. Right. And Lockett's also probably the most underrated receiver in the NFL, right? If he was six four, we'd be like, oh, Tyler Lockett's on my fantasy team. Now he just likes whatever. Yeah. But it's, I mean, the guy just catches Tyler Lockett in Largent, but specifically Tyler Lockett just catches everything. In the biggest moments, it's just crazy. If you need to have a catch, and it, and it would be, to me, it's the same way. I've watched the Oxford for decades, right? It would be the same way if, if right now, and you put him in, on the team, that, the 2005 team, Tyler Lockett's the guy. You put him on the 83 team, Tyler Lockett is the guy you need to throw the ball to when you absolutely have to have a catch. I mean, what he did against the Lions, it was just, he knows, he catches it, he spins, he knows what he has to do. He, it's just He's phenomenal, and it's just crap that he doesn't get the attention that he deserves. And he doesn't care, which is the great thing about it, right? Right. But anyway, 71.8% of his targets over his career have been caught. 71.8. Yep, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to go there. And it's like, uh, now we don't have the percentages for Mr. 20%. Large Argent. They threw to him 50 times oh, a game, God, and he only caught. Terrible. But among the... The p- players that do have the catch rate, Lockett's number one. Which yep. is like, you see it, and like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, think about 70, he catches over 71% of the balls thrown his way. Is like As a receiver, which is crazy, right? I mean, tight ends kind of see that opening back. Well, Tyler Lockett's crazy. catch percentage over Jermaine Curse is 15 points higher. 15 percentage points higher. Absolutely insane. 543 of 756. Yeah, like I said, I mean, there, and there's some great receivers on here. Joey Galloway's catch percentage was under 50 with the Seahawks. I mean, you know, it's just like Lockett is just un- unbelievable. Well, but he played in that, you know, if you go back to the early 80s, I'm sure Largent's was kind of low because at that time it was like, go long yeah. and I'll throw the ball to you. Yeah, okay. it could, could be. Could, could A quarterback sucks. Be the case. Um, and then I, neither of us talked about Brian Blades and he's second in receptions. I thought, and, I thought, I thought about And Lockett will pass him. But, I mean, he also, part of the reason is he had Rick Meyer throwing to him for some of his career. So, um, I agree. I definitely the most underrated Seahawks quarterback ever. I agree. <laughs> so, you know. Dan McGuire, number two. Really that, close. That hurts. And, again, we're not saying it's like Steve Largent, whatever. It's like, like he said, obviously the best receiver in Seahawks history. One of the best. You could argue he was the best in NFL history. You'd, you'd lose. He was when he retired. But yeah, when he retired, he was. Uh, but to make that one catch, and again, not knocking Steve Largent, but 
totally agree. It's like I'm, I'm thrown to 16. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's our show. We both have the uh, Seahawks beating the Panthers, I think. I'm assuming that from you. I don't know if you intimated that or not, but uh, uh, that would be correct, sir. Um, and they should go three and one before the bye week. So that means they'll go one and three. I apologize ahead of time. Thanks for listening. Why are you the worst? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.